Welcome to the Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hillary and Bill. Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people. Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. Hey, everybody, this is Bill. And this is Hillary. From Sounds of the World podcast. And we just want to remind you that if you live in the United States, to make sure to get registered to vote. Um, November 3rd is election day. In these states, as September goes into October, September goes into October, uh, registration to be dates are expiring soon. So make sure that you check your state official rules, get registered to vote, and make sure you go out to vote. Uh, this is a pivotal election for everybody. So make sure that you do this. It's our civic duty. So, so important. You may feel like your voice doesn't matter. It absolutely matters. Let your voice be heard. Get your ass out there and go vote. <laughs> yeah, do it. And after you're done, go get some beer. <laughs> Welcome back to Sounds of the World podcast. Uh, today we have a very special guest with us here today. Uh, she coming, she's coming to us from California, where she started making waves in the marching arts in 2011. This was the first time I heard rumors about an amazing female percussionist at a Blue Coats um, from Canton, Ohio. Uh, she then went on to march with Pulse Percussion during the winter marching season. In 2012, she gained some more notoriety by joining the Blue Devils from Concord, California, uh, who's actually my wife's favorite drum corps. Um, we battle that out because I'm a, I'm a Santa Clara Vanguard diehard. So. Um, in 2013, she was named the section leader for the Pulse Percussion, and she was named the center snare for the Blue Devils, the first woman in history of the program to hold this position. Uh, she works as a percussionist and performer for the Disneyland Resort. Alongside her dynamic performing career, she found a passion for percussion education. She's taught all levels of, of ensembles, most notably at Chino Hills High School in California, the Blue Knights Drum and Bugle Corps from Denver, Colorado, and the Malmo Drum Corps from Malmo, Sweden. Uh, as if it wasn't enough to keep her busy, she holds a Master's of Arts degree from Berklee College of Music and Music Business and Global Entertainment and is the CEO of 92 Creatives. Please welcome Nicole Casino. Woohoo! <laughs> welcome, oh gosh, welcome. I'm, I'm tired from listening to all of that. Wow, I know, so, I'm like, a slow a talker, so. No, no, it's, it's like, man, like, when did I find time to do all that? I don't right? know. I blinked, and then now we're in 2020. You put it in a biography, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should have told me to slow down. <laughs> so, yeah, so welcome, welcome. Um, like, uh, I've told you before, and uh, I'm going to tell everyone who's listening, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, I remember when she was marching with the blue coats and I was just like, who, who's that at the end of the line? Like who, you know, she's, she's kicking it. She's doing amazing things. Like look how hard she's playing. She's all in this. It's great. Uh, I loved it. They threw me into the fire right out the gate. Let me tell you. It's oh like, yeah. Oh, you're, Oh, you want to do drum corps. Okay. Well, here you go. You're going to be on the very end of a 10 man snare line and play probably the hardest show the drum corps had ever attempted to do and you just got to figure it out you got to figure out how to drum corps and how to perform at the highest level all in 90 days 
And it was just like, all right, you hop on the horse and then hang on tight. Yeah. <laughs> and you're along for the ride. And, you know, from that, from just that first summer, you're, you get the, uh, the drum corps bug, as they oh, call yeah. it. And then it's just history from there. You can't get away from it. Oh, definitely. Every it's... time I tried, I've been pulled back. Um, and <laughs> so I've just accepted it at this point that, you know, I'm here for a reason and I love it. So I'm all for it. Man, and it's such a different thing than uh, high school marching bands. I mean, I live in Texas currently where marching band is second to football. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, huge competitive bands like the Woodlands and, you know, Lady or Johnson High School and I mean amazing high school marching bands but drum corps is so different and uh, I mean if you wouldn't mind like explaining it to everyone and maybe explaining it like those who have never talked about it you know <laughs> might not know what we're talking about so like in a, a sure. nice quasi layman's terms you know yeah it's tough um it's one of those activities that you say, like, you don't really understand the extent of it until you're in it. Uh, but my best textbook definition of drum corps is marching band on steroids. Yes. That's, <laughs> that is my, my definition that my best definition to date. It's, it involves 150 performers on a football field that all work towards perfecting this 11 minute production like a glorified halftime show, you could say that. Um, and, you know, we, we take the summer months, usually do auditions, you know, in the fall or the winter sometime. And we'll do some camps during the spring. Um, and then usually around the end of May, all of the drum corps across the nation will have all of their members come together for kind of like a... Uh, uh, like spring training, you can call it, to learn the show before everybody goes on tour. Um, and then the tour consists of, like I said, a couple months of going around the country and competing against all the other drum corps. And then we all meet up in Indianapolis for big world championships. And that's where we conclude our season. So the trick to this, too, is there is uh, an age limit. You can only perform until you're 22. Um when I marched, so that, it was only 21. Was it? Yeah, I guess like, 22 is the, like, depending on where your birthday is. Right. If your birthday falls in a certain part of the year, then you're technically 22 when you do that last season. But your body is so just done by that time. Anyways, if you've marched <laughs> some previous years, you're like, okay, can I make it one more summer? Because it, it's grueling. It's, uh, you know, a full three months of... 12 to 14 hour days and you know it's you see performers of um you know high caliber shows like whether it's theater or learning uh, a musician's tour um, dancers whatever it ends up being it's kind of that same concept it's just drilling the show into perfection um so by the time you get to the end of the season you know that's obviously your goal but your bodies are just tired it's it takes a, a a little bit to recover from one of those summers, let me tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 intense. Um, I mean, we marched what like eleven years, twelve years apart, or something like that. But I remember those those thirteen hour days outside. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I can always vividly remember West Covina, California. And oh, just, man. It's just like 100 degrees, and you're outside in a T-shirt and shorts and sneakers. And I so I marched contrabass, which is like a marching tuba. Oh, geez. And so it was just, you know, sits there on your shoulder all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're running around doing all sorts of forms, playing this music, yep. still getting critique and having to implement it right away. And uh, just the expectation levels, even at one of the lower level cores, so to quote, in quotation marks. Yeah. It was just as high as if you're yeah. a top five core, you know? Well, a lot of those, a lot of the, I, I can speak for the horn members too, is that, you know, these were members that were majoring in music at top level, like music schools. And then during the summer, they would just come March drum corps. So, they, but they were still outputting that same caliber of musicality. And I could never play a wind instrument and run around a football field. There's just no way. Like I would ever be able to do that. I have to be able to breathe. Um, so I, I was always in, in so much awe of what the wind players or the horn players could do because essentially the same job as the percussion was. But now they have to, you know, blow wind into their instrument and sound really good. You know, I would put those drum corps members up against, like, symphonies sometimes. It's, you know, they're achieving that high level of of playing. So I applaud you, Bill. I really oh. do. Well, <laughs> I don't well, know how you. many pounds that <laughs> the, the contrabass weighs, but probably more than my snare drum, so... And these were like the old school two valve bugle horns that we marched. Ugh. And it was like 60 pounds of all brass. And it was awful. And, you and that's back when the uniforms stand. were all cotton and it was just hot oh, yeah. as balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only thing I've been thinking of this whole time was like, how are those uniforms? Like, I don't know if I can made it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah. Thankfully, as the years went on, they were like, maybe we should do like fewer pieces on the jackets and thin out the pants a little bit. Like, hey, we're yes, whatever you want to do, we're for. Yeah, I came home and I was like all tanned up and I had lost like 60 pounds. My mom was like, who are you? I I don't know you. Yep, yep. I'm kind of laughing because I played flute in my pet band, and I'm like, I have the smallest instrument. Like we never did, we never did marching band. I grew up um, originally in Texas, but then we moved to Montana when I was 12. Really small school. We just did pet band, sat in the bleachers, and I'm like, I couldn't imagine like walking and playing at the same time. Like, <laughs> just the coordination that you have to develop, and yeah. not only to just play, but to play really well and to play. Mm-hmm. Like, with everybody else (laughs) by doing these beautiful things. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, the skill of being able to multitask is a musicianship skill in itself, Mm -hmm. reading music and dynamics and timing and all that good stuff, but then the added task of moving your feet and coordinating some movement and, you know, I have to end there in eight counts and I'm here. I got to time my steps right. And so, uh, much, so much math involved. People are always like, so oh, much. Like, and I'm like, you have no idea. What's yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> yep. I always enjoyed the times when we would just get to like stand still and play. 
And I could just like, my brain could relax. I could be like, oh, okay. I could just play. I could just listen. I could just play. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we just had like circled around our little technician and we could just play for them, I was just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> So how long, and I'm just like in my brain, I'm like, so how long does it take to get one of these shows to get really good? Or like, what is the well, the process for that? Do you get the music first and then you get the movement and then you're pairing those together? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, so process like it varies between drum cores, but most of the time, like I said, during the springtime or I guess, you know, January, February, March, um, you'll start to get some show music and either you'll be practicing at home or you'll be, you know, going to camps probably like once a month for your specific drum corps until spring training hits. And then once, uh, we call them all days, but once all days hits, it's just a, you know, grind or a push to learn the show. And whether that's, you know, the first four hours of your day is strictly visual so you're learning some drill, you're learning some movement, and then the next four hours your day of your day is just strictly music. Uh, so you're just, you know, working on learning the music portion, and then the nights, the last four hours of your day, um, are trying to put it all together with everybody on the field and so on and so forth. So your spring training is usually like three weeks um, before you hit tour, and the goal is to have a good percentage of the show done before you hit your tour because once you hit your tour you don't have as much time to be in learning mode because mm -hmm. um, you're worried about you know the competitive season and you you're traveling on a bus so you don't get as much sleep or as much time to rehearse mm -hmm. um but that's pretty much what the process will look like it's breaking your days into chunks until the majority of the show is learned um and then it's just trying to perfect it for the rest of the summer doing you know small sections of the show for a couple hours and then going back to the full show yeah just uh getting really detailed and then getting big picture it's you know it's kind of like making a movie i like to say you know you, you start scene by scene but eventually you get to post-production where you're looking at the big picture mm -hmm. and trying to put it all together um into one show that's super cohesive and audiences can enjoy. So, man, that's awesome! Oh my gosh, sorry, I'm just blown away because I'm like thinking <laughs> of like, you know, like football players and athletes. They like, and I'm just from my own experience playing basketball in high school. You know, you get your two a days, and you're like, but when you said all days, I'm like, whoa, what? Like, <laughs> imagine like, <laughs> yeah, those are your your so twelve hour fun. days every day. Yeah, and I it's crazy because I think people like especially like if you're not connected with the arts or if you haven't played music you look at those shows and you go oh like they just whipped that together like you don't realize like the magnitude of work like you were handed this yeah. in january maybe february you've spent all that time learning it and now you need to know it so well that you can be walking and talking and playing <laughs> and chewing gum and like and you're right like, right <laughs> Like that's right. just, that's such a testament to the the work behind that that's amazing <laughs> yeah it's just uh the the principle of repetition you know the yeah. and you do it as as many times as you need to just it's like like clockwork you know and 
that's the worst thing that could happen is that you run out of time. So the, the reps are just so important uh, in a drum corps season. With indoor percussion, um, you know, with WGI, it's it's a little different. The season is, is longer, but you don't have that period of time where you can you spend all day, quote unquote, learning a show. It's, it's just weekends. Mm. Um, so you do auditions in like October, <clears throat> excuse me, or maybe sooner. Um, and then you do weekends only. So you're Saturday, Sundays until March. And then you have a few weeks of shows and then you go do your championships in April. So it's more of an expedited season. And yeah. so the, the caliber of performer performance has to be way higher. Um, yeah. A little more accountability for your at-home practice and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People will know oh if you yeah. haven't put in the work. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny you thing can't just show up the next rehearsal and, and start learning it that day. No. <laughs> no. They will tell you to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got somebody that will that has learned this that will take your spot, so go on and get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could easily just say, well, it's everybody wants to be the best, you know, and especially where I'm at in Southern California, the percussion activity and then as well as the marching band activity has just really grown over the last like 10, 20 years where you can almost consider Southern California as like the hub, at least for marching percussion. There's a lot of your world-class ensembles out here. So to me, it's it's just normal that, you know, the caliber that you're working towards is the same as your next door neighbor or you know the the ensemble down the street there's always that kind of looming like they're gonna get better than us they're gonna they're (laughs) gonna you know they're gonna come get the title but for other parts of the country that's that might not be the case for smaller ensembles or anything like that which is why i'm such a huge advocate for online like videos or education because it just gives access to stuff that you wouldn't have necessarily if you're in a smaller town. I've experienced that firsthand when I went out to Sweden and worked with them for the first time. You know, that's that's way far removed, even outside of the U.S., but through yeah. YouTube, literally just through watching YouTube videos, and a few of them had come over to the States for a few shows, like, years back. They were so intrigued that they said, hey, like, let's try it. Uh, we don't really know how to do it, but we're just going to follow these YouTube videos and do what they do. And before you knew it, they have their own little activity sector out there. So I think uh, the YouTube game has kind of changed it for the marching community and social media. And ah, it's just, I think it's really cool that more people know about it these days. Europe also has kind of their own little marching series, right? They do, yeah. It's similar to DCI. Um, I don't quite remember where they host their championships. I want to say Belgium or the Netherlands. Um, Maybe it's the Netherlands. But yeah, they do their own little circuit similar to our drum corps season. Not as many groups, but uh, they still learn a show. And, you know, I think that'll probably be the next region that booms for this activity because they're already kind of doing it you know quote unquote you know they're uh they're making it happen and it keeps expanding every time i talk to people out there it's you know one more group has popped up or one more performance opportunity popped up so it's cool to see the activity growing 
And I think there's a, a another kind of big hidden sector is maybe what Southeast Asia. Yeah, um, Thailand. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Thailand's got a big kind of cult following now of drum corps, like you said, thanks to YouTube and stuff. So. Right. Right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, what was? So, Michael, I have a question. Uh, what was the hardest? or at least the most difficult moment in your musical life that you overcame? Oof. Indeed. Wow, Bill. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, that, like I mentioned before, that first summer of kind of being thrown into an activity that I wasn't really familiar with, you know, I obviously knew what marching band was. I had done it all through high school. I, I knew how to play my instrument. Um, but being around 150 other musicians that were so much better than I was <laughs> at the time um, and having to learn a show that was twice as long as anything else I'd learned, um, executing it at a, a level I'd never done before, I remember getting to finals night um, and performing for the crowd for, you know, your last show of the tour and just kind of being really introspective and almost in tears because I knew it how hard the summer had been for me in just figuring out, like I said, how to drum corps because right. nobody gave me like a handbook of like, cool, here's how your summer's going to go. I was experiencing yeah. it as the days went um and any challenges i have with the music there were plenty of times in the summer where i would question like am i good enough for this like you know is is did i make the right decision all those crazy questions that come along with being a performer um because you do you you give a piece of your soul every time you perform you know no matter what activity it is so yeah i just remember getting to that last performance and saying you know i made it this is where i want to be for a very long time so fulfilling um all of the challenges that i had faced over the summer were like worth it in that one 11 minute span of time while i was performing that show like i still get goosebumps to to this day just thinking about you know that first (laughs) i know (laughs) that it's such a i think you can probably ask any performer of you know the last time they perform a show or you know especially drum corps members you know finals night is such a coveted experience that everybody kind of has that story of like yeah it's just a really emotional night and all of the challenges you faced over the summer just like nothing matters anymore on that night so I'm always a a huge fan as both a performer I looked forward to finals night and as an educator I looked forward to to finals night because then you get to see all of the all of your students feel that same feeling that you did you know oh yeah so yeah I remember every single finals night (laughs) oh yeah yeah I just remember like performing in Denver and you know we had a large group of people come down from Wyoming cheer for us and like when we performed and got done and they just started screaming and stuff i was just like well this is so cool yeah (laughs) this is this is awesome this is fun yep yep crying there's there's nothing like it (laughs) (laughs) i know 
it's embarrassing, but it's but I don't care. It's good. <laughs> Sitting on the bus in my little you know corner curled up, and you're like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody talked to me. I got my headphones on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So how many performances do you typically have, like, in a season? Oh, man. Well, it's in, we're 90 days officially for the season, around 90 days. I would say probably a good 70 of those are shows. Wow. Between 60 and 70, yeah, are shows. So 60 oh, to 70 wow. competitive performances, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so it really is like a tour. Yeah, I'm like, man, I can only imagine, like, getting to the 70th show and being like, I'm leaving it all out here, like... Well, yeah, yeah. There is no next time, you know, and I think that's yeah. what adds weight to it. Mm-hmm. There's a certain magic about performing when it's that final show and you're like, you just, you know, I mean, everything is so second nature to you by then that you're like, just really like living in that moment and ex- like feeling the magic of it i guess yeah kind of a better way to say that that doesn't sound as cheesy <laughs> no it, it's it's 100% true it's you know i think all the performers can relate all musicians can relate it's the uh there's no no words for it other than your magic the, the cheesy magic word but <laughs> but it is and i feel like so i i sing and i've done choir and i feel like choir performances you typically get one go at it um at least mm. you know, university choir and um like i sing with the billing symphony crowd and it's like we did mozart's requiem is it in february and i it just hit me i was like we only get one shot at this like this is such a like yeah because it's it's a fun magical night and it's like you in that performance and then you're kind of critiquing what you could have done better or what you could have given more emotion to. Do you feel like, um, how does that feel for like when you've got those, that many performances, do you kind of, are you critiquing in the first 10 and then are you starting to feel it by 2030 or how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. I never thought about it like that. You know, it's the, um, the difference between, you only get one shot versus, well, we're going to have 60 of these, so we're good. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, hmm, the f- I would say, you know, the first portion of your tour, you want to set a good impression. So you're like overly worried about your technique and, you know, everything's got to be perfect. But like I said, as those repetitions start to kick in, um, it becomes more about the performance and more about, you know, if you quote unquote left everything out there, if you, you know, made an impact. So it, it does get to a point where the numbers don't really matter, the, the judging or, you know, any of that stuff. You're, you're just kind of like, well, I know I'm going to execute it as best as I can. If everybody else does their job, then, you know, we'll end up where we need to be. But at least I can, I guess I can only talk, speak for myself. There may be some other people that are like, no, I focus on, you know, making it execute the best, the whole, every single show. And it's the same for me. But um, yeah, in the beginning, I was always like overly critiquing myself and my performance of like, okay, you know, I did this, 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 and this wrong during the show. I need to go drum for two more hours on my own so I can fix it. Um, but towards the, towards the end of the season, um, I'm just more trying to focus on my performance and, you know, 
I guess, more of the the bigger picture type stuff. Yeah. It's like you, you, there's really space to have, you know, a lot more enjoyment with performance and getting to those really high level, like you said, you're, you're past the technique, you know the technique, you know you're going to execute it, but really just enjoying that mindset and vibing on what you're doing so that the crowd yeah. can do that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. Really cool. Something you don't yeah. like choir. I imagine the choirs that go on tour get that feeling, but when you're like just a stationary singing in a town choir... You don't quite get that. That's really cool. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, that makes me sad. <laughs> There's other bands. You're right. You're right. Like it's always like the bet, like the second to the rehearsal that you're doing when no one hears it is always like the most mm-hmm. magical one, the dress rehearsal. And oh, yeah. One, you're like, oh, man, I messed that one section up, or he didn't come in right, or she didn't do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the most, like, some of the best memories I have weren't in front of an audience. That's, you know, I think that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. It's, you know, when you spend 90 days uh, on a tour, there's bound to be memories that don't involve, you know, other people watching you. So that's, that, there's also an element of that. It's the, the camaraderie, the friendships, the, yeah. you know, all the other people you're around. I remember sitting on the bus my that first summer, you know, obviously I keep talking about it. It was, you know such a a pivotal moment for me but uh I didn't know a whole lot about music theory I knew how to read music and you know the reading percussion music is very different than being well versed in music theory so (laughs) um I remember just being really curious one day and asking my drum major like hey can you teach me some music theory it's like sure so every bus ride, he would sit with me for like 20 minutes and just take me through some simple music theory, harmony and uh, stuff like that. Because I was just, I just wanted to be a sponge. I just wanted to like soak up other things from as many people as I could because I had never been around uh, people like that, you know, that that were that surrounded by music and, you know. I don't know, just great performers. There's no no other way to put it, but... Oh, yeah. So, do you come from a very musical background, or, like, is your family musical, or...? Um, my family is not musical, actually. Um, I mean, they love music, but they... I'll say it, they have no musical talent. Uh, I'm very, I'm very upfront with them about that. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But they were always super supportive of uh, me being in music from a really young age. Um, I-, I was always interested in performing. I was one of those kids that was like, put me on stage. I, got- I don't care. I want to sing. I want to dance. I, I was in ev- everything you could. Yeah, I started in dance. Then I took piano. Then I did singing. Then I did uh, alto sax. Um, hey, and I tried trumpet. Yeah, I was just like, let me try everything. And my parents... Thankfully, we're always like, okay, well, next instrument, three months. I'll give her three months. Next <laughs> instrument. Um, Good thing there's a rental. To kazoo. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> then we hit recorders, and it was. I'm just kidding. Oh. No. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but it was funny. Uh, our elementary school had a music program, quote unquote, where we could opt into doing that or choir. And I had already done some singing stuff, so I was like, okay, I want to do the the instrumental type 
uh, program. So my friend was playing drums, and I was like, screw everything else. I want to be with my friend. I'm going to go play drums. <laughs> I love it. And uh, long story short, she ended up not doing drums, but I stayed in it um, because I was just super curious and really intrigued, had a natural talent for it. Um, and then it was just kind of history from there once I, once I dove into that. I stuck with it, obviously. Um, there was a point where I had to choose between sports and music. And mm-hmm. I think once you start to get to high levels of, of an activity, that does happen. You know, you kind of yeah. have to right. put your focus in, in one one thing. But I had played sports for, you know, since I was like four, alongside music. Um, so I think once I found marching band, it was that combination of sport and music. You know, I was able to be active and I was able to still play an instrument. And so, yeah, it, it just made sense. But there's there's plenty of videos of my parents attempting to play drums. Like my dad will pick up my sticks and like try to play on my drum pad. And he's like, look at I I can play drums too. I'm like, this isn't hard. Great. Great, Dad. Like, Dad, put your pinkies down. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Dad, play with a metronome. Gosh. (laughs) My dad always jokes. He's like, I play the radio. You guys sing. I've got this. Hey, there you go. (laughs) That's a good one. Even though he's a good singer, he just, he's in denial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, my, my brother, I think, I think my brother has some musical talent. He just never was confident enough to go after it. He's younger than me. So it was always right. like, well, music is your thing. I don't want to do your thing. Um, mm. That's hard. I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Like my sister and I did that. I like always thought singing was her thing, and then I got to college and was like, well, maybe I'll give it a go. And I'm like, yeah. I lo- why did this have to be her thing or my thing? Like, it's gonna be both of our thing. Right, right. <laughs> but it's hard when you're young. <laughs> yep. He. We were just like. Don't do my thing. I want to be, you know, I want to do my own thing. I want to be separate. Yeah, but, I can relate to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm an only child, so I don't know what you're talking about. So, oh. if I wanted well, to do kids. something, my is mom it like that like, with, okay. with your kids? Oh, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, kind of. I think like my son kind of forces an idea into my daughter's mind. Almost oh, inception yeah. type, you know. I would be that. <laughs> like, oh, I know that. <laughs> like, are you sure you really don't like Pokemon anymore? Well, I, no, I think I do still. <laughs> oh, okay, great, me. great. You can go play with me now. Like, <laughs> it's like you should be in politics oh. or in sales. There you, you go. Gotta be rich. <laughs> yeah, you could be a great salesman one day. <laughs> so, and you just you know, support them the best you can, you know. So. Yeah. I think that's the most important part is, you know, if I didn't have the support from my parents, it would have been a really different story. Um, yeah. I think my my dad was always skeptical of music being a career. He was supportive of it as a hobby, 100%. Right. Right. Um, but he's a businessman. He, you know, grew up running a business. So he's always had you know, that kind of mind of, okay, but what's next? Like, what are you going to do after Mm -hmm. music? Um, And I don't think it was until I got hired at Disney that he really took it seriously. Um, Mm -hmm. Or he he kind of understood, like, you know, this is something I want to make into a career. It's something that can be a career if I, you know, put my focus in the right areas. Um, 
And I didn't major in music for my undergrad for that reason, um, because I, I think I was trying to um, not satisfy my dad's needs of like, you know, you can't do music, but to just kind of prove to myself that I could do something else or that, right. you know, if all else failed, I had something to fall back on. So along with like, you know, performing and being around people, I was like, okay, I'll do public relations. I'll do PR. I like talking to people and doing strategy and stuff like that. So I got my undergrad in PR. And just like I said in the beginning, every time I tried to run far away from music or far away from drum <laughs> corps, like, something it. would come in and just be like, nope, where are you going? Come back. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then I found the master's program through Berkeley that kind of just combined, you know, my, my PR and business background and my music background. Um, and then here I am. <laughs> So, yeah, luckily, it's been a a pretty smooth ride. That's good. That's good. PR really positions you well for music because, I mean, I feel like a lot of, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, it was like I came out with a music degree, the BM in um, composition, and I was like, and I had no idea how to talk to people. I had no idea how to promote <laughs> myself. I'm like, I have nothing from a business standpoint. I'm like... If I could do it again, I'd be like, I, you know, <laughs> it was great to prove that I could do the music, but then the other half of me is like, would have been great to have some a little more practicality behind. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, I feel like that's part of the reason why I'm I'm pretty passionate about the education now, like, or what I can offer to other artists because I know that it's it's almost impossible to focus on the creative and the business at the same oh. time, like with the same amount of focus. Like one of them's gonna suffer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let alone like just even having the education of how to put yourself out there. Um, I think so many musicians deserve to be out there and deserve to be heard, but they just don't know how. Mm -hmm. um, and so after I got my master's, it was just became this mission to serve as many artists as I could and, you know, give my knowledge to as many people as I could so that they would have that chance. Um, to kind of you know make a name for themselves or make a living for themselves not talking millions of dollars but you know trying to, <laughs> to make a comfortable li yeah you know to get by make a comfortable living on making music i think it's it's doable if if you have the knowledge yeah i think that's so that's such a powerful statement because i think um even like what you were saying with your dad you know he has that that idea of like what's next and I think that's such a popular misconception that people have. And I, I think it stems from a lack of education and what you can do with yeah. career. Because it's, I mean, I I love my friends. <laughs> they're all in healthcare and they're just kind of looking at me like, so what's next? Yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're it's... looking at me with malice. It's genuinely like, well, what are you, what are you going to do with that? What options are out there? I mean, I don't yeah. know. And, yeah. I had a bunch of people be like, so are you going to go teach? Yeah, uh, you know, be yep. a band director? Are you? I mean, what? What? What's the plan, Bill? I think like, if, I we had, if we had, if we had a quarter, even if we had a penny for every yep. time somebody asked us, yes, we'd be so fine. Are you gonna teach? So are you yeah. gonna go be a band director? I think we. You can yeah. start your own studio. You'll have lots of yep. students. Yep. Composition. They just go, "What can you do with that?" I just yeah. go, oh, "I've got a bridge picked out. I'm gonna go live under it. It's, it's fine." You're gonna, gonna move to LA and be like a film person, right? I mean, that's what you'll do. It's... Yeah, like like advertisement. I don't know, it's just funny. <laughs> things like people say. Yeah. No, but actually, 
in in real life i would love to be able to compose i i can't but composition is something that just like is you do it. Part of so like, oh, inspiring totally good. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm but there's um, there's a lot you could do with composition or is it just kind of one of those things you know oh gosh (laughs) i've always been so intimidated by i think just melodic things (laughs) because i'm a drummer right i i I see very linear i see just like rhythms Mm -hmm. um with some dynamics and you know accent patterns and you know all the things that come with with percussive type stuff but seeing a win score oh my gosh terrifies me i'm like i get anxiety thinking about it (laughs) i'm like oh i could do the win score but like you literally asked me to keep like keep the beat with anything and i'm like i i sing i do all these things and i'm like i i cannot keep a simple beat and i laugh because like my boy he's like how are you you have a music degree and you can't drum along to this i'm like no (laughs) like i literally just it's the other half of the brain that i'm missing right (laughs) i think i think when you like even just say like this percussion i'm like no that's a huge like there's yeah there's a lot of honor there (laughs) no it's mutual the feeling is mutual trust me but did you so i i did watch like a video with you and what byos um, yeah and did did you write that with him or did like your little solo that you had or yeah that video was funny i had been asking him to do one with me for a while because we know each other through disney he's also a disney performer right um is it ralph no not ralph it's ralph yeah it's ralph. okay okay um and so he's like, okay, we're going to do a video. Let's do it. And so we met up a few times. We, I wrote parts of it. He wrote parts of it. And then he was like, and then you're going to solo for, I think it was like 16 <laughs> measures or 12 measures. And then I'll solo. And then we'll do that pass back one, one more time. I was like, all right, cool. Like, I got it. I'm good. We get to the, to the actual day that we're going to shoot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't write a solo. Uh, I'm just going to improv. <clears throat> And, and I felt so bad because my improv section took us about an hour to film (laughs) because I was just like, no, we got to do that again. It was no, let's do it again. And he was like, Nicole, it's fine. No, 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 no. We got to do it again. Uh, That was terrible. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I wrote, I wrote a little bit of it and then I, I trusted my improv skills, which at the time weren't great, uh, for the, for the other part. But it was fun. That was probably the first time I had done anything like that. Um, outside of Disney, of course. But yeah, that kind of started a whole new era for my own personal drumming. As far as some solo stuff, um, making some cool videos, some cool content. Um, and yeah, just trying to be creative with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. I mean, your your face lights up when you talk about this. I, I just I'm excited to see where you go with it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Me too. Every day is different. That's why I love it. Now, I mean, we kind of touched on this in the beginning, but uh, wait, I, I really want to know what it's like on your side of this as being a female in a very male-dominated section. Um, you know, people think you know they genderify instruments you know and mm-hmm. when they think of uh flutes people are like oh the girls are in flutes and clarinets and maybe the saxophones you know um 
You know, I know a few like female trumpet players, a couple, you know, very few trombonists, uh, even fewer tuba players, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but like percussion is a, you know, the people think percussion, they think a, you know, a line of, of men just or boys, males back there, you know, banging on things or trash cans or whatever, you know, that's <laughs> right. what people imagine when you talk about, you know, percussionists, you know. Oh, yeah. So what was that like as a, as a, you know, one of the only, uh, or the only female in a, in a male percussion section? Yeah, it's, um, it was one of those things that I didn't realize was important until I was doing it or even after the fact, um, because I was always just focused on wanting to be recognized as a good drummer, not necessarily a good female drummer, right? Um, just a good drummer. And so, you know, always chasing after that goal. And I never once thought like, oh, I can't do that because I'm a girl. Even if I didn't necessarily see another girl in that position, um, I think to my advantage, I was really blind to that when I was younger. It was just, well, I want to do that, so I'm going to try it. And then, you know, you get better and better at it. And not until people started coming up to me and asking me that question or telling me like whoa it's so crazy you're you're the only girl and i would look around and be like oh yeah you're right like (laughs) um i mean there were obviously some some challenges to it um not being able to i want to say not being able to talk to somebody about uh gender specific problems or you know um having to kind of assimilate assimilate into a male activity Um, I had this conversation recently of, especially as a a female leader, if you're too pushy or if you're confident in your delivery, you can be seen as, you know, uh, a bitch for a lack of a better term. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast. No, please, yes. Use whatever word you need to. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't ask beforehand. Oh, Um, no, 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 you're fine. Okay. I think no, we already it's... dropped the F bomb already, so okay. <laughs> great. You're in good company. Now that now that that's out of the way, uh, like the F bombs yeah. are gonna fly. I'm just yeah. Here we go. Um, no, but it, it you know on one side of the coin, if you if you're really confident or you know you're quote unquote aggressive, you're kind of seen as as like oh well nobody wants to respect her. She's super pushy. She's a, a bitch. Like but this and that. But right. if you're quiet. And, you know, you, you don't really speak up because you're just, you know, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. Then it's, oh, she's a pushover. She shouldn't be a leader, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so it's constantly balancing both sides of the coin and saying, you know, like, well, I have something to say, but I don't want people to see me as, you know, aggressive because they're not used to seeing a female in that role or getting instructions from a female um, I had to kind of accept the fact that it wasn't me. Um, it was what, you know, other people's prejudice or preconceived ideas about, you know, gender that were creating these difficult situations. Um, so then I started to approach my later seasons as, well, if I show them the respect that I want, then I'm more likely to get it quicker. Meaning, I didn't come off super strong in the beginning, but I also wasn't quiet. I kind of just started to read the situation. I think it really helped that I was 
majoring in PR and communication skills and, um, you know, (laughs) being able to read different people and read guys versus girls and um, be able to communicate as an effective leader um, to whoever I was around was a really important skill. And then just being able to see that I was inspiring other girls to want a drum or be in an activity that's male dominated. Gosh, I remember, um, because I was also the first female to be hired in that role at Disney, to be hired as a a female drummer at Disney. Wow. Almost a bigger deal than than the drum corps thing. Definitely. Um, But I remember, you know, there would be little boys that would show up to Disneyland in our costumes. And with like little sh- drums and, and sticks. And it, it was like the cutest thing. So we would like look forward to them, look forward to seeing them like on Main Street and always point them out. Um, but I, there was one time where it like finally hit me that I was making a difference when there was a little girl. She had, had her hair up. Yeah, she had her hair up like mine. She had my color shirt on. Like she was just all about me. And she oh. came to the parade for as long as the parade ran until a couple of years ago, I think it was almost three years straight. She came almost every weekend with her mom. She always said hi to me. She knew what days I was working at the parade. Like it was just like the cutest thing. Um, You know, it was like something like that. You know, I'm showing her that there are no gender boundaries and that Mm -hmm. if she wants to be a drummer, she can be a drummer. If she wants to go play sports, play sports if she wants to do something else that she wants to work on cars like work on cars um you know just i I think the representation part of it is starting to get better um yeah which is why i i want to continue doing what i'm doing not not only because i love it but because i want there to be a future for other females to be you know moving the activity forward like me so yeah, I, I heard a, a phrase that I love that's it's like representation equals realization. 100%. I yeah. love and, that. And I, I actually used you a few times when I had, when I taught drumline, uh, and I'd have some girls that would audition and they, you know, or they were on the line. They're like, I just, I don't know, you know, the boys, they're always talking gross things and stuff. And I was like, don't let, you know, boys be perverts and, and gross call and stuff out. that's just yeah call them out if they're going to be nasty call them out you know yeah i'll be like don't lose sight of it i mean you know this person did this and i'd like show you know talk about you and be like you know look at her now look she's kicking ass and you know, she doesn't take shit from anybody so please just go that's right you know so uh but kind yeah, of that's a huge part of it it's like yeah boys will be boys um and and girls will be girls so it's wherever you know you, you have to learn to i guess you have to be confident in yourself first before right. you can uh be able to let that stuff reflect off of you because if you're insecure or you're not sure if you deserve an opportunity um you're going to be that much more uh what's the word I'm looking for it's going to be easier to it's going to be easier for people to get in your head that you also don't deserve that or that you know well girls can't do this 
oh, we're, girls can't be leaders in this activity. You know, yeah, you can be a drummer, but you can't be a leader. That's a guy's job. Um, if you're, if you stay true to your own goals and your own dreams or, you know, your abilities, that stuff is just going to reflect off of you. And eventually people will stop saying it because they, they're seeing like, oh, it doesn't affect her. So why, why am I wasting my time? You know, eventually right. people just stopped saying those things. Um, it's, it's, yeah, going back to like kind of commanding that respect. I mean, that answered my last question too. Like what kind of advice would you give to girls that are maybe they want to do drums or any other kind of art or anything really that seems to be really male dominated um, mm -hmm. I know like even my wife she's really deciding now she wants to go into law and it's a really male dominated genre mm -hmm. you know be like what kind of advice would you give to any female that's facing that kind of thing yeah uh, know that the the hard times are gonna come it's not gonna be butterflies and rainbows because the road isn't all the way paved yet there's oh, i like that sorry that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, a, uh, there's a there's a path for sure but it's not paved and so in order for the the paving to continue we have to tread a little heavier than most people um, and be very, very confident in who we are as people. Um, those comments are, are going to come and there's going to be times where they get to you, but you can't let it show. You got to get up the next day and you got to get back at it uh, because eventually, like I said, they're going to see that it doesn't phase you and that, right. you know, they're going to respect you for it in the long run and it, whether it takes a week a month or a year or years plural um it'll happen so you just just continue to be patient continue to kind of put the blinders on stay on the path uh you had that dream for a reason my mom always told me that we can't dream <clears throat> we can't dream things that we can't achieve like we don't have that ability as humans like if we all the yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I actually think it's a Walt Disney quote that she just says it's hers. <laughs> it was like, I, <laughs> like, I love it. Uh, the Walt Disney quote is like, if you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah, um, I like the way that you phrased it though. And like, because it really, I mean, it puts the power back on you. It's like, you wouldn't dream anything you couldn't do. Like, oh, that's right. never thought of it like that. It's, that's wonderful. <laughs> mm hmm. So it's it's gonna be a long you know maybe may a long road maybe a short road but it's uh, I've always enjoyed the journey you know of like there will be little wins along the way and that's what keeps you going so don't stop whatever whatever you want to do just keep keep moving forward. Well, I think you've inspired me to try a drum corps. <laughs> 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 maybe I will learn how to keep time on like rock band or something <laughs> oh my gosh rock band is so fun though guitar heroes where it's at we're failing the song because hillary's on drums and i'm like can i just go back to singing <laughs> oh man <laughs> controller it's definitely not <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure like the drums just aren't reading guys it's a controller i don't know what's yeah, going on yeah, like, it's, it's low battery yeah <laughs> Did you ever get on the it, drums and when it came to the solo, you're just like... 
<laughs> okay, so confession. I hated playing the drums like on rock band. I would oh, okay. I would always be like, I'm not I'm not playing the drums. I'm playing guitar. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's my thing. Nice, nice. It's not even close to the real drumming. Uh, nope. <laughs> it's like it's like an opera singer trying to do karaoke. Okay? Right. Like, it, they'll so do true. it. <laughs> or maybe maybe they would enjoy it. I don't know. But so I have friends, so I I trained classically in voice and my friends are always like so why can't you sing along to the radio? I'm like, because belching and, and holding vibrato <laughs> on an IP flat are way different things. <laughs> right, right. Like, I can't sing Taylor Swift, guys. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. I would I would want to do a podcast just asking you all of the same questions <laughs> you asked me. Like, <laughs> I'm so much enjoying just chatting with you because I'm like, oh, man, there's so many. I feel all these parallels in our stories and I'm really enjoyed this talk with you. Yeah. Well, I yeah. 100% enjoyed it. Yeah. It's been amazing and uh, like I'm still fangirling. You can't luckily you can't see my knees they're shaking like this. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just uh, it's been a complete honor talking to you. Uh, oh, thank you. It's been this this is like anytime I I do you know or have have conversations with like-minded people it just reminds me of why I do what I do. Oh, cool. So, and you, like, you guys have been just asking all the right questions, it seems. Like, great, hey. great, co- great conversation. <laughs> like, your podcast is so awesome. Oh, and, thank you. Oh, thank yeah. You. Such a joy to talk with you. Um, you make our job easy. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Thanks. So, can't wait right, to talk perfect. to you guys again soon. Oh, we will. Definitely. <laughs> thanks for listening to the sounds of the world podcast i hope you enjoyed it and we'll have links to everything in our description so please follow those links and give them likes and subscriptions Uh, like we like to say the world is a buffet of music and it's time to eat so go eat and enjoy and discover and on that note i'm gonna go have a bite and maybe a beer Hey, there you go. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>